Thank you for joining me on episode 20 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to let people know that they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And as we move into the new year, have you ever just felt unnoticed? Did you know that it is okay for you to be noticed for your uniqueness and your giftings? In fact, that desire comes from God. So join Susan Hoekstra and I as we talk about our God-given desire to have our uniqueness noticed. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. And I have Susan Hoekstra in the studio with me today. Hi, Susan. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> I'm so excited you're here. I but, am too. But the only problem is, is I feel like when you and I get together, we chat a lot. So we're going to have to get like right down to <laughs> okay. business. All right, let's do it. It's going to be an let's issue for us. I'll try. But Susan, you are a wife, you're a mom, you're a lay counselor, you're a songwriter and musician, you're a speaker. You're the author of A Firm Grasp, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And then you're also the host of the Notice Me podcast. And I do want to talk a little bit about your book, A Firm Grasp, Feeling Validated in a Notice Me World. And Susan, you just published that this summer. Right. right? Just just recently. And I got it in. And I know I've shared this with you already, but I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, another identity in Christ book. It's kind of like the attitude mm-hmm, that I mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. in I we're living in a season right now, especially with women, where we're talking a lot about your identity in Christ, which is good. We need to know who we are in Jesus. However, I feel like it's pushed so much. And do you remember that mantra that was going around like a couple years ago? I'm enough. Yep. Yeah, you yep. hear that? And mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. always trying to reassure everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm Sounds enough. Like somebody's trying to be affirmed, huh? Right. Well, <laughs> well, and I always kind of hated that mantra because in my mind I'm going well no we're not enough that's why we need Jesus I mean if if we were enough we wouldn't need Jesus that's but because right. of Jesus we're enough you know that's right. and that's what we need to to really tell people but every women's conference I went to it just seemed like we always talked about our identity in Christ and the thing is is I've been a Christian for 21 years I know that I'm the apple of God's eye. I know that he thinks about me more than the sands on the shoreline. I know it in my head, but I really struggle with knowing it in my heart. And as a Christian, I always kind of felt like, well, I just need to be a behind the scenes person. If I feel validated or if people notice me, then kind of, or if I want to be noticed, then I'm being really prideful. And then I, when I looked at your book and I'm going through it and I'm like, wow, this is totally not what I expected it to be because you kind of threw that idea out of the mm-hmm. water that it is okay to be noticed. It's okay to want to be noticed. Yes. And and that kind of went against everything I thought of as a Christian. It's, it's part of how God made us in community. Mm-hmm. Think about the Trinity. Mm-hmm. All right. We have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, right? They live in community. Why do they need community? So that each other can see each other. Yeah. And so there, you know, the father affirms the son, the son affirms the spirit, the spirit affirms Jesus. I mean, everyone's, you know, it's like one big happy affirmation family. And as corny as I don't mind to be disrespectful in saying that, but that's really where it started Mm -hmm. is community. And we're in community to encourage each other. The scriptures say to encourage each other. Now, of course, we know that you can take affirmation too far, Mm -hmm. just like eating you can take too far or lust you can take too far. Um, We, you know, we have a need for 
food. We have a need for sex. We have a need for, for intellectual stimulation, but we can take all those things too far. It's the same thing here. Mm -hmm. So that's what we kind of discover in this book as well. Well, but there's a backstory to you writing. It took you 14 years, right? To write this book. It was a long time coming, but there is a backstory to you. You Really, this book is a manifestation of your pain that you turned into purpose. And I really want you to kind of share your story growing up to where we are now. Yeah, I grew up in Detroit Mm -hmm. in a very low socioeconomic neighborhood. Um, I was one of four. I had three older brothers and uh, my father was disabled. He had was in a wheelchair and he was in and out of the hospital a lot because he had some heart conditions. So right there in my family dynamic, we had some issues with with going to the hospital. And and, you know, you're sitting I'm picture this. I'm sitting in a hospital waiting room while my mom is visiting my dad because we couldn't go in. We were kids. And you know, me and my three brothers are just sitting there waiting mm-hmm. and we couldn't really do anything. And I, I, you know, as a kid, I don't know what's going on. Like, is my dad going to die? And, you know, what's happening? And, you know, all those kinds of worries and concerns that you don't really know about. So there was that piece of it in my family dynamic. And so you didn't really feel noticed because mom was busy. Yeah. No, no, this is no disrespect to my mm-hmm. mother. She was busy trying to take care of my dad and, right. and our family. So there was that part. So, but there was still part of me. Then, of course, I had three older brothers who were very boisterous and loud and I didn't always feel hurt by that you felt you fell through the cracks kind of how you I kind of did yeah and then but the the school I went to um was in the community I was in there's so many things that happened to me when I was young that I couldn't voice I didn't feel like I had a voice mm-hmm. So like, for instance a knife pulled on me at the local park I went home to tell mom mom was, oh, boys will be boys and just make, I'm glad you're home safe. And, you know, those kinds of things like that, that happened to me that uh, whole, and in the book I tell them more specifically, but those kinds of things happening made me feel like, is anyone paying attention? Mm-hmm. And I just, I just wanted a voice. I just wanted to be heard. And most of the time, I mean, if we're really honest with ourselves, we want to be heard. Yes. We want somebody to hear what we're having to say. And then I, then I said, okay. All of a sudden, when I was in, you know, around 11 or 12 or so, I got, I realized that I was like talented musically. So I started learning to play the clarinet of all things, right? Went and started playing the clarinet and I was like, oh, wow, I can do this. No one else can do this. You know, not, not in my family, Mm -hmm. you know, and this was sort of a ticket. I practiced. I was really good. I got into all these honors orchestras. I got into scholarships in college and, 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 and became a professional clarinetist. But with that comes a lot of rejection. People don't realize it, but it's a a very competitive field and you could go to. Yeah, who would have thought like the clarinet? Yeah, here, here was my ticket, I thought, that to be noticed, and then I realized I really was just one of everyone, and so that kind of hit me hard. Mm-hmm. That hit me hard, and so I realized, wow, there is something to this that, you know, why, why do I feel this need to be noticed, and I just needed to be heard. Then, of course, you know, God opened up a lot of different things in my life which made me realize that there were a lot more to my story mm-hmm. than I was letting on. Um, you know, I talked about the knives being pulled, but I was sexually abused when I was little. I had stuffed all those things down 
because I didn't think anyone would listen. Mm. And God told me, he says, you actually really need to talk about those things. So you're a Christian at this point. I became a Christian. I was 13. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm a Christian, but, you know, our our lives with God ebbs and flows. If we're honest, we kind of go up and down. So here I am years later um, going through a divorce, just so much going on. And all, it was like the floodgates opened of all these things I hadn't been noticed about. Mm -hmm. And I just realized God wants me to pay attention to this. He wants me to know that he sees me, that he sees me, he affirms me, Mm -hmm. that he really wants uh, to notice me. And at first, I know it sounds really kind of silly, like, oh, God noticed me. But the reality is, if we don't, we don't, we're not going to feel satisfied with anybody else but God. Yeah. Well, and look at what we're doing on social media. It's constant selfies. It's constant. Oh, look at, I lost 30 pounds. Here's my six or, you know, my, my six pack picture. Like not, not that there's anything wrong with trying to encourage people and say, look, I, I lost weight. But I mean, you just see that constant look at me, look at me on social media I mean, that's what time. we're doing. We're trying to look for validation. We are. And, and I, I make an argument in the book that it's okay that we need validation. Okay. And there, but there's a bigger word called approbation. Approbation is the lust for attention. Oh, so like anything, we can take it too far. So God says, yes, you do need that community. You do need, you know, I do use other people to show you that I notice you, mm-hmm. but you, you know, you can take it too far. But what the book really, I think the heart of the book is, is we need to get comfortable with the fact that we need validation and encouragement, Mm -hmm. receiving it without apologizing. So if I said to you, Rachel, I love your podcast, it's really doing great. And you you said, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just a person. I'm just trying to do this, you know, and you're almost apologizing for yourself. It, you have to be learn to receive and say, thank you. Thank you. You know, just like we, and, and get used to receiving that encouragement without being prideful mm-hmm. and, and puffed up. But the heart of it is this. We have to live with the struggle of being unworthy, which is what we need affirmation for somebody to tell us that we're okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we are a dichotomous being. We're two people we're not worthy. We're sinners. We make mistakes. We, we have limits, but the cross says we're worth it. Yeah. So even though we're, we feel unworthy, we're still worth it. Mm -hmm. And we have to live in this dichotomy. I heard a recent sermon that talked about now and not yet. Right now we're still living in a sinful world. We're still living with sin. We're still living with battling with these needs to be noticed and all kinds of things. But, we're not yet there, mm-hmm. but God says you're worth it. Hang in there. Mm-hmm. Hang in there. I'll get you through. Tell me the difference. I know I, you said something in your book. There is a difference between acknowledgement and validation. Tell me the difference between those. Well, two. I, I, I firm, I, I talk about validation as acknowledgement, mm-hmm. like it just acknowledging that you exist. Mm-hmm. Okay. We all have divine space and 
we need to be acknowledged just for our presence mm-hmm. that we exist. So there's that's acknowledging. And then affirmation, I call more approval. Mm-hmm. This is where we're seeking someone to say, not only that you exist, but it's awesome that you exist and you're awesome and you're wonderful and you're beautiful. What happens, I think, is if we go to the approval route, mm. that's when we can get into that that big word approbation where we get that lust for attention because we want somebody to approve of us Mm -hmm. where I think in reality we just want to be acknowledged and I think you're seeing that a lot in our culture we just want approval and do you feel that there's just no room for hey I'm going to acknowledge you and listen to you but I don't approve of what you're saying is there any room for that I feel like in in our society that's a good question I would I would argue that love does not require agreement. (laughs) Okay. I would say that you might be doing something I don't agree with, but I can still acknowledge you. Yes. So I can still be loving to you. I still can be kind to you. I can still be non-offensive to you without agreeing with you. Because I think we have that mistake of, well, in order for you to love me, it means you need to approve of me. And that's not true. And what I make an argument for is, are we seeking approval are we seeking acknowledgement? Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to clear up in this book. That's good. Because I think if we if we acknowledge people, their presence and being heard, for instance, is a great way to be, feel acknowledged. If we do that, then we're then we're talking about being when we're heard, then we're talking about really feeling you don't need to be approved to, mm-hmm. to be heard. Mm-hmm. You just need someone to listen sometimes. Now I want to talk a little bit about chapter 17 in your book. It's titled, Who's Listening? And you you start out with a quote from French author and Nobel Peace Prize winner, Andre Guide. And he said, everything that needs to be said has already been said, but since no one was listening, everything must be said again, <laughs> which I find very humorous. But you talk in the chapter about just being a good listener because yes, we can... It, in ourselves, we need to recognize that we, it's okay that we have validation. But what about validating other people? Because, and this is why I bring this up. I was talking to a friend the other day, and and it could be because of social media. It could be because of so many other things. But I feel as though in our culture, we have so many people yelling. And they're yelling at us because in the past, they never felt validated and they never felt heard. And so they feel like, well, I just need a voice. But instead of voicing their concerns or voicing their hurts or their opinions, it's almost as if they're yelling. And because they're yelling, nobody is is listening to that either. We're still not listening. You can't yell. So so it's this vicious cycle, right? I don't have a voice, so I'm going to yell, but yet nobody's still listening because I'm yelling. But I think as individuals, we also need to learn how to be good listeners. Be good listeners, yeah. And I talk about this in this chapter because I call them like little characters, mm-hmm. if you will. And I'm sure that your listeners are going to relate to these. And I, I want to just preface all this talk to say I'm guilty of all of them, okay? So I don't want I know, you I was all reading- to feel bad. Because yeah, I, 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 same thing, this. I was reading them and I'm like, 
I don't think I fit just one. I think I fit all eight of these characteristics. <laughs> exactly. Well, one is the storytellers. Okay. This is this, the minute you share your story, the storyteller believes they are being empathetic when they share a similar experience in return. Mm-hmm. So, but when this happens, you know, you don't really feel heard because you think they're turning their experiences to be about them, mm. your experiences. So you got to really like to be a good listener. I think you have to let people tell their story. And I think too, see, now I'm doing the storytelling with you. (laughs) I think too, I've noticed with storytellers, and this is where I've had the trap. When we tell a story, we almost tell a story that's worse Mm -hmm. in a sense to make that other person feel better, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make them feel better because now they feel worse that, oh, well, I'm, my situation is not as bad as yours. So I'm not allowed to feel this way. So their, their pain isn't acknowledged. Yes. And that's, that's the heart of it. Then there's the advisors. Okay. The advisors are quick to tell you how you should, you should respond or what you should do while you should, you're sharing your story or even better what they would do if it was them. Now, the problem with this is that unsought advice, this is hard to say Mm -hmm. because I'm guilty of this one is it comes across as judgment. Yes. I had a friend who was sharing with me, this is when our kids were really young. And I, as a young mom, I had a lot of opinions on how kids should be raised. Mm -hmm. And I quickly learned that it's not all black and white. But at the time, I was still living in black and white. And she was telling me the struggle that she was having with her children, not listening to her, not picking up their toys when they need to. And I was like, well, I would just take all their toys away and throw them away. And she looked at me and she said, yeah. How much did your kids' toys cost? And it was like really snarky and irritated when she looked at me and said that. And at that moment, I realized she wasn't looking for advice. She just wanted somebody to listen to her. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Some, and now, so now I ask, with her. Yeah. And now yeah. sometimes I ask that. I'm like, when somebody talks to me, I'm like, do you want advice or do you just want somebody to listen to you? You know, I <laughs> love that you said that. It's, it's about asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm involved in this one-on-one ministry. And that's part of our training was we, we, we try to ask people first before mm-hmm. we give advice. You know, so there's the storytellers, there's the advisors. You know, these are ju- the judges I call are the people that do the blanket statements. Um, in a church setting, it might be, well, you know, God works all things together for good. Um, but there might be like in other settings, it might be like all men are jerks or everyone has problems. It's almost like the judges decide what mm. your problem is. Mm-hmm. Blanket statement and then it feels you feel dismissed. Mm. You know, you mm-hmm. feel dismissed. And then there's the intruders. The intruders talk over you. You know, um, they they interrupt you as you share your experience. Uh, we all know that. You know, we you know you say, well, listening. Well, it's actually really not saying anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the I think at the beginning I say, listen and silent are spelled with the same letters. Mm-hmm. There's a quote of that. That's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> then the problem solvers. Now, they don't necessarily give device advice. They just want the problems to go away. You know, a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, it's being impatient. I'm a problem solver. And especially like with our children, they'll come to us and they'll want to, and, and you just want to solve the problem. Yeah. You just want the problem to go away. And I, I'm not insensitive to the fact that we, we do, we are problem solvers as mothers, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes it, there might be something else. Cause I know when I was little, I had, hurt my finger in a car door and I went to my mom and I moved it up and down and I said, mommy, it hurts when I do this. And she said, well, don't do that. (laughs) So 
which kind of made truth in a sense, but at, I didn't feel very acknowledged. Right. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's the teachers. The teachers believe life is a lesson and whatever your experience is a teachable moment. Yeah. And as a teacher, I kind of run into this trap. Sometimes I let me share with you what I know about this subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's happened in small group settings. I'm sure I do this. A, now yeah, here's another on. one. And there's only two more. The cheerleader. Okay. The cheerleader actually believes they're encouraging you by saying you've got this or by trying to make yourself feel better about the situation. But honestly, we don't always feel heard because we feel like they are trying to talk you out of your feelings. Mm, They're not validating your feelings. Yeah. They're not not being present with your feelings. What's happening to you at that time? Um, and then, of course, the multitaskers, we know those, those who are saying, oh, I can listen to you while I cook dinner, check my text message, and they promise you they're listening, but they don't feel present. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm guilty of all of those at every, any single time, but I think there's some different ways we can respond instead of those. So tell me, because you also, you say in the book, you say it's typically just a matter of when to give advice. And because there, there's nothing wrong with you know, being a cheerleader or trying to have a teachable moment. But when is it that we, as a listener, then say, when do we give advice? That's, that's, that's the key, isn't it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the key is being sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things I talk about in the book is the very first way you can do is just be present. Okay. Uh, Let me tell you a story about, I was in a small group one time this is when I was going through my divorce. I came in and there was just so much that went on that day. And all I could do is I literally sat on the couch and was kind of kind of sitting there. And I'm not usually one to do something like this, but I was just kind of just kind of crying and just sitting there. And I didn't say anything. There was a woman who came in. She didn't say a word to me. She didn't. She just came over and she started stroking my hair mm-hmm. like in, in a comforting way. And I just bawled and she just she didn't say a word. I just bawled and I cried and I got it out and nothing was said between us. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the most impactful moments of my life because she saw my hurt. She acknowledged my hurt. She was present with my hurt, but she didn't try to talk me out of it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so that's, I think, a good way of understanding the when, too, because when we're present, we're going to be more aware of when we need to say something or not say something. Well, and you just said something really good of she wasn't trying to talk you out of it. And I feel like when we are judging or solving the problem or being the cheerleader, we're trying to talk people out of their problems. or We're trying to talk people out of their bad feelings. Maybe it's because we just want to be happy all the time. I don't know. What is that? Yeah, I think so. I think we don't like to see people in pain. Mm hmm. I mean, let's be honest. And we want, we want, we we want them not to hurt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes whatever they're hurting might be something we're hurting at the same time with, and that hits some kind of nerve or trigger or whatever you want to say. So we kind of get caught in that. But I think by being present and letting them say what they need to say, we're going to be in a lot better position that if you say, like you were saying earlier, to ask. Like, let's say we we're talking and you were sharing a problem, and I'd say, Rachel, that's really tough. That must be really hard on you to juggle all that at the same time. That's really tough. And you knew, I acknowledged, I affirmed, I acknowledged mm-hmm. you, what you were feeling or said it in your words or whatever. At that point, if I said, would it, would it be okay if I offered you um, 
a different perspective. Mm-hmm. What, do, what would you say? You would probably be open to hearing that. Yeah. Just the way you worded that is way different than just mm-hmm. automatically giving me your perspective. Right. Right. Because sometimes we just think we, you know, we know it all. Right. <laughs> I've been there, girl. Oh, I never I've been feel through that. that. I've, done, I've done that, girl. I've been through that. You know, and, and that's where we get into the asking the questions, you know, and that's another thing. These questions and how you word it and when you word it. Then the body language is huge. People can, I, there's sometimes, my, my husband's a pretty soft-spoken guy, but there's sometimes that I can just tell something's wrong with him just by his demeanor or his body language or something. Um, and then I, then I ask questions. And it, when you ask questions, you can say, especially if you need clarification questions, mm-hmm. because if you start drilling somebody with a bunch of questions, they're going to feel like they're on the defensive. Mm-hmm. So just ask, is it okay if I ask a clarifying question? And observe their body language. And then a lot of times, of course, a lot of, you know, psychologists have said reflect back you know say back what they say it's very good to use somebody else's words they'll feel affirmed if you use their words so if you said I was feeling really really discouraged today and and I'd say wow you sound really discouraged because mm-hmm. I'm saying your word back yeah now I'm not trying to make a script here mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is within all of us but I think this is just ways to be more sensitive mm-hmm. um and then Offering a gesture, and that gets back to that story I just told you. Offering a gesture, she, she just stroked my hair, or giving somebody a hug, or grabbing a, Tina, a Kleenex box when they're crying. Mm-hmm. Something that just is a gesture. And when it all boils down to it, you know, this is a package of mercy. Whatever that person's going through, even if you don't agree, mm-hmm. You got to put yourself in a position of mercy mm-hmm. because that might just be where they are at at that mm-hmm. time, wherever they're at in the relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. They could be a new Christian. They could be a, you know, uh, adolescent Christian or a mature Christian, wherever they're at. You've got to accept where they're at and that they're, that they're trying to sort something out right. with where they're at. Well, and just like we talked about acknowledging them and validating their feelings, I think is very merciful I remember it just reminded me of it was like 13 years ago, I went through a miscarriage and I was so sick of hearing, well, God's got a plan. Mm. Oh, well, God knows what he's doing. Obviously, something was wrong with the baby. And that's and that was not what I wanted to hear. What would it, you have liked to hear? You know what I wanted? And as much as I don't like this word, I wanted people to say, you know what? I'm sorry. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. It was just somebody mm-hmm. to acknowledge that. That's what affirmation right is. Yeah. Instead of we tell- all need it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of telling me about the story of your daughter and how her miscarriage was worse or, you know, telling me that God's got a plan. Like, I don't stinking care right now that God's got a plan. Like, I'm in pain. Right. And, and I, just- I think in all fairness, I mean, I people are well-intentioned. Yes. And I don't, I, this isn't to beat anybody up. I mean, mm-hmm. people are well-intentioned. They, they meant well. Yes. I'm sure they did. But it's just... You do need somebody just to be present with mm-hmm. you and say, that sucks. Yeah. Or whatever it was that, you know, I mean, that that says, you know, that's really hard to lose a, a child. Yeah. And like you said, they're well-intentioned because people really do genuinely want to help. Mm-hmm. They just might not know the appropriate way on how to help. And, and here's here's a really interesting truth, Rachel, with all this, is if I jump in and try to solve your problem, 
if I jump in and try to give you advice, if I jump in and, and do all these things, I might be keeping you from going to God for that. Oh, that's good. I didn't think about that. I, it's not to be present and encourage one another is to encourage one another in the faith. Mm-hmm. It would be, I'm so sorry that you're going to going through that, Rachel, that, that is tough to lose a child. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to tell me about that? Mm-hmm. And then you could tell. And then, then I might come back and say, I said, you know, I might ask, can I ask you a question? And you say, yeah. And I'd say, so what, kind, what kinds of conversations have you had with God about this? Mm-hmm. You see how that's different? Right. It's just a whole different approach. And I, the, the essence of this book isn't about your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you get that. Um, the essence of this book is let's acknowledge that we need to acknowledge yeah. each other. Yes. Let's acknowledge, let's listen. Of course, listening is a big way to do it. Let's acknowledge that we need to acknowledge each other. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when you need acknowledgement and somebody affirms you, they give you a compliment, mm-hmm. you feel patronized. Mm. You feel like they're just trying to butter you up or just, mm-hmm. you know, they're almost dismissing you. Mm-hmm. So you really just need to be acknowledged. Now, I'm not perfect at this. I'm not saying I got this all figured <laughs> out. Uh, that's probably why I wrote a book about it. Um, because you I needed know, to read it to yourself. But, yeah. See, I knew, what, I knew what it was like to be on the receiving end of not being heard. I also know what it's, what it's like when my relationships suffer because I didn't listen. Mm-hmm. So I've been on both sides of that. So I, I want to... Uh, before we end, I want to ask one more question. You alluded to this earlier in the show. How do we as individuals receive validation without apologizing? Because I thought when you said that you made such a good point and as a person maybe giving a compliment and when somebody apologizes to me, it almost it almost irritates me that they just took my compliment and kind of squashed it mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've been on that receiving end and it is uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. to receive. Affirmation. Well, I would add, I, can I ask you a question? OK, go ahead. <laughs> um, how what makes you uncomfortable with that? I don't know. I can't pinpoint it. And I, and I don't know why other people do it. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> Cause I don't, cause I don't know why I do it and I don't know why other people. Well, do this it. gets back to this call concept of mercy, which is this book is wrapped in mercy. Mm-hmm. And when we think about the cross, okay, we are not worth it. Okay. We are not, we, well, let me rephrase that. We are not worthy because of our sin, because of our human limitations and our mistakes. We are not, we don't feel worthy. Right. We don't feel worthy in general. If any of you are sitting in your room and you're listening to this, we, you, there's a time in your life you haven't felt worthy mm-hmm. or not enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when somebody comes and says, Rachel, you're this, which is affirming, it kind of, contradicts that inward feeling mm. of you're not feeling good enough. Mm-hmm. So the challenge is to recognize, you know, I'm not worthy of receiving your nice words, mm-hmm. but I'm going to receive it because God says I'm worth it mm-hmm. because that's what the cross says. Mm-hmm. The cross says we are worth it. 
So receive those times. Give them away. Give away these good acknowledgments. Acknowledgement is wrapped up in a lot of different ways. You know, it's by listening, as we talked about today. I talk about living in mercy mode where you're actually showering mercy on people when they don't deserve deserve it. They might need to be punished or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, we need to live a life of mercy. Um, and, and that, and part of that is to receive God's mercy. So it really gets, it really gets deep here, mm-hmm. it gets deep to that core, Rachel, where it's like, God did this for me, even though I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So if, if you can receive that mercy from God, you should be able to receive a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell people oftentimes, cause they'll, they'll say that to me. They'll say, I don't deserve to do what I'm doing. And I don't understand why I get to do what I do. And I just have to tell them, you know what? Join the club. None of us deserve mm-hmm. what we get to do. But it is because of Jesus. That it is. We it's get to always do about do. the cross. Mm-hmm. It's always about the cross, Rachel. And we can't forget that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that it's not about what always what we do. Mm-hmm. It's about just being ourselves, mm-hmm. being present. And God of the universe saw us. Yeah. Well, Susan, thank you so much for sharing with that today. You're really you're really passionate about this subject. So Mm -hmm. I love being able to talk to you about it. You can find Susan at the notice on podcast platforms. You're on iTunes. Are you on Spotify? Spotify, YouTube, you heart like you're You're on on her. You name it. You can find me. You can follow her on Instagram, Facebook. And then what's your uh, what, my website, website is Susan, S-U-S-A-N-K, mm-hmm. with my middle initial hookstra, H-O-E-K-S-T-R-A. So and that is com. where you can find the book, A Firm Grasp, Feeling Validated in a Notice Me World, and it is also on, on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, you, the easiest way to purchase it is just to go on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you get more money if they purchase it from your website, right? Uh, I, <laughs> I, just want, I just want people to read. You just want the word <laughs> to get out. You could care less yeah, about the money. Yeah. You just want the word just to get out. It. I yeah. understand that. Yeah. Well, again, thanks so much, Susan. I really appreciate appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you once again for joining Susan and I on that fun conversation. And I hope you realize that you were created unique on purpose and that purpose was meant to glorify God, that it is okay to be noticed as long as we have that in balance. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And as a reminder, yes, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you next week.